the Portland is home team talks real estate. Whether you live here or you're on your way, Audra and Andrew Galler work hard to welcome you home. They make the whole real estate process attainable, educational, and fun. After all, it is the biggest transaction of your life. The Portland is home team talks real estate. I'm Michelle O'Dell, your host, and now Audra and Andrew Galler. Michelle. Michelle, hello. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. It's already the 15th. Are you ready? Are you? No. You're not? Okay. Yeah, no, cool. we the are. The most wondrous are. time of the year. That's what they say. Right? The most stressful time of I the know. year. I know. And there's nothing like Christmas and the holidays. You know, they used to tell ghost stories back in the day. And I can't wait to hear the most horrible thing that I've probably ever heard you talk about. Then I, and I can't wait to hear the whole story behind it. But apparently, Andrew, you lost two million dollars. Two, two, two million. Two million. Too large. But tell me. Well, right. Tell us. Tell us what happened, Michelle. Darling. I'll tell you. It was uh, a simple. Let me take you in the wayback machine, please. And everybody out there in the listening audience, it was a simpler time. Let's call it the mid '90s because that's when it was. There I was. It was Friday night. I was living in Chicago. Uh, for those of you familiar, it was close to Wicker Park, Bucktown neighborhood. This was about 1996 or so. Uh, there was, I was renting an apartment from this guy. I'll call him Mark because that was his name. Okay. <laughs> And uh, Mark had rehabbed this place. And, 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 you know, inner city everywhere, including Chicago, you know, by the mid to late 90s had been cities in a great state of disrepair. Inner city everywhere was in a great state of disrepair in these United States, if anyone recalls, because now it's a different world. But back then, when I moved to Chicago in the uh, early 90s, you know, it was a rough neighborhood. Uh, and now that place isn't. So anywho... Mark, my landlord, was, uh, I was doing really well in my former career when I used to be cool doing lighting for video and film production. Anybody mm-hmm. want to be regaled with great stories? Call me, text, email, <laughs> go on and on. I, uh, Mark and I were talking and, and he wanted me to buy it. I wanted to buy it, um, but I was a lot younger and scared. I had the money, but um, I didn't really understand it. Friday night, Mark and I shook hands, gentleman's agreement. Uh, for $217,500. And this was for a three flat, which means three apartments, one stacked on top of another. And it had a coach house, which is mm-hmm. a little structure with a, in the, with a coach house, which is a little structure that's on the alley. And there was a courtyard in between the three flat and the coach house. Cute. It was cute. Mark mm. done a decent job redoing it. Mm-hmm. And um, so Friday, we shook hands, two seventeen five. Monday, he comes back. He says, Andrew, I spoke to some friends of mine and my realtor and we think 250 is the number. At which point I had a conniption, you know, had a little temper tantrum. And I said, Mark, let me tell you something. You know, we had a deal. We had a deal. So on and so forth. I went on and on and on and I didn't buy it. And here's right uh, where the clickbait headline, how I lost $2 million. That place has got to be worth $2 million. Now I actually looked it up. It is. And it's right. It's at a great part of town. Um, right by the double door, the famous double door, uh, 
band venue. Rolling Stones played there once when I was living there. I didn't get into that, but I did get in to see the uh, Smashing Pumpkins when they did their uh, debut, that double album, the name of which escapes me right now. Someone, But that's huge. So yeah. you were right near like the hub of the coolness in oh, that yeah. area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Liz Fair lived a few blocks that way. This band, Urge Overkill, lived a few blocks the other way. It was a, it was a golden age, a simpler time. But, you but know... You, the main crux is that you were upset that they wanted more money from you, and you were like, no, I'm not doing that. Is well, that- it wouldn't be. A deal's a deal, right? Yeah. deal is a deal, right. No. Well, and I think that's the, the thing about real estate or mm-hmm. buying anything, right? You, a buyer has their price in mind, a seller has their price in mind, and you know our whole job for the last 20 years is trying to get those two or however many individuals together to both feel good about the sale and purchase. And we are just like everyone else where how dare you ask for more money, Mm -hmm. even though the long game, which is what we teach when we're talking to people about building wealth, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, with this is you, you don't be short-sighted. Don't look at it in today. You know, obviously we're like, we don't want you to overpay, you know, but that's the long game of like Andrew and the and the three flat. Well, and two, I think two million dollars. Two, two million. Two million. It's crazy, you know. It, and, just bought and, it. And what I this is a pretty simple story. Had I bought it, I would have had a ridiculous amount of equity at this point, right? And I would have been getting sure. rental income in the interim. But also, some of it too is horizons. You know, I was in a relationship at that point that I uh, it was before I met Audra, so clearly that other relationship was doomed, you know, because I hadn't found the love of my life yet. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> you know, maybe at that point in my life, I wasn't as secure and I, and I think that's fair. And I think some people, uh, it turned out I ended up leaving Chicago two, two, three years later. Exactly. It right? wasn't the right time. But I, but I think or it's a story you... worth talking about because mm-hmm. that wasn't why I didn't buy it, or at least not the immediate point of causation. Uh, I didn't know I was going to be leaving in three years for the rest of my life. I, when I came right. here, I thought I was going to be here six months. But I mm-hmm. do think, though, that at certain points of one's life, we talk often with our clients when we counsel them, you know, uh, we're in the conversation of what do we think about the market and is it going to go up or down? And I think part of the conversation that we discuss with our clients include what's your horizon? And I will follow that up before they get a chance to answer me. I'll interrupt them. If you know me, you know I'll do it. And I'll say, listen, if if you're in a point in your life where you might be leaving in six or 18 months, 24 months, don't buy. Mm-hmm. You know, even in a rapidly appreciating market, it's hard to get out of it without having to spend money out of your pocket. But if your horizon is five, 10 years, you know. Even three. You, even three. You can ride out a little fluctuation in the market especially if you got a little bit more time, you know, that five, seven year time frame, mm-hmm. people who bought at the height of the last market, you know, 2006, early 2007, had to ride it out for a bunch of years, but now they're up wildly if they could have held out long enough. Audra and I bought a duplex in 2008 because we thought we were super smart realtors, which we are, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, for three, four years, the market didn't go up. And we were beating ourselves up and we felt like not smart people. Now, of course, we feel like geniuses again because it's been long enough and you couldn't possibly buy something for what we got it for in 2008. 
Well, but in but 2009, 10, 11, 12. One of the things that, so, you know, obviously the story has been told many times over the years. And it was a story that I heard when Andrew and I first met, which was just a few years, two, three years after this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting when you commit to buying something. And one of the things, the route that we took, which was different than what most people take. So when most people come into real estate, they'll buy their home, they'll buy a condo or a house. And that's a great way. That's one way to do it. You know, I love when I see, first of all, I love the variety of what you need and what you need to buy. And then I also love, we have some clients, young gals, super savvy business people, and they've bought homes and then they rent out to their friends space in their home. So they're gaining rent to help pay for their mortgage. So their rent on their house is now less than what they would pay out on the market. Okay. So it's all the different avenues that you can go. Well, when Andrew and I were together, we were renting and the landlord came to us and he was going to sell the house. And we've, uh, the reason I bring this up is it's all about the sometimes not taking the risk or um, not knowing what to do or how to do it. And we, we you know, we really love talking about this and, and building your wealth and helping you mm-hmm. with your future plans because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know, is your company's 401k going to go away or, you know, going to lose it or the stock market's going to crash. You know, you should always diversify and have money in, in many places. Mm-hmm. When that happened, I sort of was in that mindset, oh, let's just go find another place to rent. I wasn't really thinking beyond that. And then Andrew, and I say subconsciously because he had just lost, it was still, you know, two years is not that long. And when it was still it's somewhat... Done fresh in his mind that he didn't buy this place. And I grew up in a, in a three flat in Chicago. I love three flats. They are, oh, I, I just, just because I grew up on one. So, you know, mm-hmm. I have that nostalgic mm-hmm. memory of it, but we went and, um, we applied for a loan for a, a building that came up a fourplex and it was in sort of this, what we saw was this changing neighborhood it was an artist kind of neighborhood. And somebody agreed that we were okay to give a loan to, which crazy, but okay, that was on them. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, you know, we, we can help, you know, we can help guide you through all this. Like, how do you get a loan if you don't look that great and all this stuff? Anyway, we bought this fourplex, we moved into one side and even, even if it wasn't making rent, like even if it wasn't covering our mortgage, we still knew at that point, if we hold this for the long game, we're going to have a building that we own after 30 years. Mm-hmm. Still that was it. our mortgage. We still have this building. Okay. And what Audra's saying there, just to clarify, is we were not cash flow positive. Uh, that's what I was about to mm-hmm. say. Right. And, I mean. and, and, and the reason is, is beca- well, a few reasons, but one of the main ones were at that time we were able to get an FHA loan. So we've only put 3% down because we were living there. So we were able to get a owner occupied loan, not an investor loan. So mm-hmm. a lot of times clients will say, well, I want to be cash flow positive. And then I'll put my tongue really deep in my cheek and I'll say, well, if you put a hundred percent down, you will be right. <laughs> you know, so, but of course they mean, you know, if I put 10 or 20% down, obviously how much you put down will affect, right. The cash mm-hmm. flow and mm-hmm. what, we were banking on or the bet was the gamble in our lives was, you know, you know, I didn't capture it in Chicago 
when Chicago was really taken off in the late 90s. I moved to Portland, and Portland was a much smaller, sleepier town than it is now in 1999, 2000. Again, most of inner city everywhere. You know, what is hard to believe is uh, I've got some kind of distant family who bought a bunch of rental properties in San Francisco. Who knew? Let me tell you, nobody's the answer. Who knew in the 70s when San Francisco was really rough in Seattle? Now, right. you know, oh, it's so obvious. So now we look back, oh, how did I not know that? And well, because yeah. it was not obvious. It was un. It, it, it was a big gamble, I think, that. Mm-hmm. And so that was our thing about Portland at that time. And I think there's a lot of other cities still, same story. Absolutely. And, and the cash flow thing for us, we looked at it in this way. We're going to pay rent somewhere. Mm-hmm. And here's the amount of money that we're going to pay on it. So if we buy this building, and even if we have to put the same amount into it, we're going to pay it if we don't buy it. We have a chance to own something. And even if we had to pay rent, we both agreed that it was better than not owning and having somebody else have, you know, paying somebody else's mortgage. And not that that's a bad thing. You know, if you're not, if you don't want to deal with the homeownership of the maintenance and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, that's fine. There are other ways around, like there are other ways that you can own a property. Like, you know, you can do a townhome or a condo where a lot of that stuff is taken care of and you still own the property. So we, you know, we agreed that even if we were paying the same amount of rent, we were in the long run going to do much better holding the place. And it's not easy. I mean, I, the near divorce. <laughs> what is, <laughs> you said back in the day, N-D-E. you know, we, <laughs> the near divorce experience. What was it? The near. Uh, That's right. Yeah. No, but see, <laughs> near divorce. when one experience is an NDE and then you have to pregnant N- pause. Yeah. Near divorce experience. <laughs> near divorce. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is not easy. I've read it somewhere a long time ago that remodeling your house is one of the top things that make mm-hmm. couples oh fight and then money mm-hmm. and all of that. But you made it work. It wasn't easy. I mean, we, we kind of talk about it now that, you know, 20 years later and you're sitting pretty. Well, we can laugh but now. It is, it, it is. You can laugh now. Now, back at, here's my question. Back when you were about to buy that fourplex if they had come to you, like Mark came to you and said, oh, sorry, guys, it's actually about 30 grand more now, would you have tried to make that work or would you have scrapped that fourplex and maybe just tried to find something else? Or were they trying to get rid of that fourplex? Well, so, funny story. Funny story. Go ahead, Audrey. <laughs> so first of all, to answer your question, I think I'm hoping we would have agreed to it anyway. Yeah. We would have bought because... Look where you, you are now. I, you know, I don't want, you know, I my lessons in life that I want to learn is not to be short-sighted in decisions. So I'm hoping that my younger self would have recognized that and been like, this sucks, but I'm still doing it because I still want this place. But the funny story is, and here's the difference. Andrew had a handshake. We had right. an actual contract, right? right? So during the contract, when we were going through all of our inspections and then we came back and there was a, a litany of things that they had to do. And it, because it was FHA and they accepted that, it requires, like FHA requires you have to do this, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, not the case anymore. Because, well, not the case with conventional loans or, you know, things like that. But the agent came back to us and said, he doesn't want to sell it anymore. He wants to keep it. 
something, you know, maybe wife getting back together. They want the building. And we were like, sorry. Well, <laughs> and we were going to be homeless it. in about two weeks, too. So we oh, really, yeah. Because we got kicked yeah. out of our rental. And, yeah, that's true. Um, and also, too, worth noting, which, you know, I didn't obviously appreciate this when Mark and I had a falling out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, this was my first year of real estate when we bought the fourplex. And so I don't know how much I appreciated this, but now I do is when you're amateurizing, right? When you're getting a loan for a few hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. your payment is based on uh, anyone who doesn't know amateurization call, text, email me today. And, uh, you know, they level out the payments for 30 years so that they stay the same. And what changes is how much you pay towards interest versus principal. In the beginning of that time period, it's all interest. And then at the end, it's all principal. Okay, whatever. Point is, is that when you are borrowing that much money, a price difference of ten dollars or $20,000, the most productive question one could ask as a buyer to their lender is how much is that going to affect my payment? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's a ton of money because it's a lot of money, right? You know, a million dollars more. Well, obviously that's going to be a lot more payment, but if it's 10 or 20 grand more and you have um, a long horizon and if your payment's only going to change two or three trips to Starbucks a month, you know, or what, or like one delivery pizza, you know, why not? Or at least that is the equation, quotation mark fingers, to walk through and then to ask yourself, because I think that we as normal people will, uh, I'm going to use the word get hung up, which I think is too strong of a term. We'll get very, you know, the biggest part of the decision will be like, they want 20,000 more. Let's just say for an example, right? And of course, that money will be a big deal when you sell. But on the day to day, it's really about if, your buyer agrees with this. If I agree with this, it's just about how much more a month is it going to be and what else is there to get? And, you know, Audrey and I got very lucky because there really wasn't any more, there's not a million fourplexes close in that would have worked for us. So mm-hmm. it's about the payment people. It's yeah. about the payment. It's about the payment. When you have to spend a little bit more for a house, it's spread out over a long period of time. So don't get hung up on that is basically what you're saying. That's one way to go. I, you know, not definitively, but yeah, that, that is definitely something to keep in the conversation. Yeah. Talk with your real estate advisors. And I, I don't want to be flippant and say, don't be afraid, but learn from our stories of mm-hmm. how we two million dollars people two million dollars two million dollars so yeah if you had just done that <laughs> but it really would have thrown your life in a completely different course so you know things, uh, things who knows sometimes. we could have yeah, we, we, we could have gotten repair people on site I, mean, I think we doable. would have been fine <laughs> lots of people own rental property not where they live you know mm-hmm. yeah totally exactly yeah totally. so. absolutely I mean we we live and learn and mm-hmm. we don't want to make those mistakes and so we um you know we took that. We kind of took that and we went and we had a, a goal back then of every, and it only lasted until we got pregnant with our first son, but we were starting to go every year and a half, buy a new property, move into it and fix it okay. up and then do it again, do it again. So that was that, that sort of sparked our, um, you know, we're, we're going to make up for that wicker park. 
place. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you've more than made up for together as a team. And, you know, the, the teamwork is really a big part. That's a huge component of why you guys are so great at what you do is that you have each other, but then you also hired great people to help with all the incidental. I mean, you really, you really know how to delegate everything out and, and just make everything work. So it's awesome. So we got, yeah, you're welcome. Um, thank you. I'm especially <laughs> being brand new to the Pacific North. I'm, I mean, I'm really from the other side of the country and we come here and we had nobody to help us with any of these things. And it's one quick phone call or text away. Audra, what, who do you use for your electricity? Who do you? And everybody <laughs> you've recommended has been so amazing and wonderful. Yay. And That's they, they text before they come and all the, I mean, like all these little details that, of service they don't have to do, but they do it. They do it anyway because they know it's the right thing to do. So, oh, we love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you took you 20 years to find these people and and Mm -hmm. cultivate that relationship. So, you know, of course it works. Uh, Speaking of relationships, do we want to talk about since it's the holiday season and it's the time of giving, you give a lot around the holidays. You give a lot around the entire year. And I'd just like to like you guys to talk about that a little bit because mm-hmm. it's important. It's in, And it's important to do it throughout the year. But this time of year, you know, everyone's all jacked up and, and ready for charity and ready mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's open to it. So tell me a little bit about some of the things you do to help Portland area and beyond. So one of the things I want to say is we are 100% active community members and our brokerage is geared around giving back. We love being in the Pacific Northwest and we love Oregon and we love giving back in any way we can. Um, We can't do a lot in political side of things, but we can give monetarily to organizations that we believe in and which are so many. I, I mean, we really, we love giving and getting out into the community and um, just being thankful every day, not just in the holidays. So, but during the holidays, we do a lot of matching programs where you can reach out to us and say, you know, I give to this and we'll match. So we have matched at places like the Pixie Project, which is a um, project for um, stray cats and dogs, um, finding new homes. We um, we have this one, I think it's, and forgive me, it's Emma's Closet. And, sh- and what that is, is donations of prom dresses. So we're a drop-off site. So we house those. And then um, there's a big event at the convention center and all the dresses go there. Um, kids who can't afford, because it's kind of crazy to buy a, you know, a very expensive prom dress. But anyway, so these are once used, and then they can go and pick out a prom dress, and it's a huge event. Project Lemonade is something else that is really true to my heart. I love the idea of giving foster kids like little credit card, debit cards that they can use at the mall so they can shop just like their peers at school. And, you know, if they're all going to the mall, they also have an opportunity to hang and buy a shirt or whatever. You know, it's just giving these kids the ability to be like everyone else. Here's your credit card. Here's what you get, you know, and, and having that, I think that is like one of my, um, I love that idea of leveling the playing field for, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of these kids. Yeah. Dornbecker hospital. We always give money to Dornbecker and, um, and then we always, always are looking for ways to give to the local shelters, um, family and children, and then the women and children shelters. Mm -hmm. And then we also team up, you know, we're huge proponents of, so we give gifts to a lot of people who are our clients who buy 
and sell homes with us. And we always team up with, first of all, an Oregon company. So Oregon or Washington, it has to be a local company. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, companies that also give back. So like-minded companies. And there's uh, a few companies that we work with that we brand forth our stuff that they also match our match. So it's, um, you know, we're really giving back as much as we can and finding every avenue to do that. So amazing. That must make you feel so good. I mean, that's part of the reason why a lot of people want to be successful because they do want to give back. You can't give a whole lot when you don't have a whole lot. But once you start having some, you know, then you can say, all right, let me share this. Yeah. No, I say that all the time. I'm, I'm like, we can only do this with your support. When you support us with your real estate needs or design needs, then that allows us to give back. And I, I can't imagine not giving back and being involved in community. It is mm-hmm. just, it's in Andrew and I, it's in our blood. It's, we, you know, teach our children this mm-hmm. and it's really important to us to always um, stay humble and give. Mm-hmm. And give. That's right. And f- don't forget about Scrooge. Don't forget about the, a Christmas Carol. It t- every year we should all watch that and learn from that, man. The mm-hmm. ghost of Christmas past always gets me. That yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talking about, we always watch um, two movies that uh, like my kids are like, oh, I don't want to watch it again. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, but we have to. And one is the Christmas story, right? Is that the one with Ralphie? With yes. The, okay. Yeah, I always forget the out, exact kid. names. It's, yeah. And it's a no, wonderful life. Yes. Yeah, get, absolutely. Get your hot cocoa, get on the couch. We're watching it. Yes. 100% yes. every time. That's the fun part. That was amazing. I think uh, I love knowing about, <laughs> I like hearing about people's mistakes a lot. I don't know why. It's like, <laughs> oh, we've got more. <laughs> we call it the Three Stooges uh, way of learning life, right? Never good when you get hit in the head with a pipe, but anyone else. But you do it. That's how we learn. You share this experience with us, and, and that's how we learn. So the next yeah. time, do you want to talk about Pacific Northwest and all the winter? Don't fear winter, don't fear the outdoors. Uh, I think you guys should give some nice advice and tricks and tips on uh, how to enjoy the winter around here. We would love it. it. We would love it. All right. Absolutely. Well, well, have wonderful holidays, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Portland is Home Team Talking Real Estate Podcast. For more info about Audra and Andrew, finding your next home, or selling your current home, visit their RealtyWorks website at RealtyWorksGroup.com. And check them out on Instagram at PortlandIsHome. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. For help with your podcast, find us at Modcast Productions or ModcastProductions.com.